I'm Kelsey Ryder. I'm Natalia Raymond. And this is Angelinos in Training, a podcast for people curious about Los Angeles by people who live in Los Angeles. So whether you're moving here, new to the area, or just want to better understand LA, we're here to help you navigate the city of angels. Welcome back to Angelinos in Training. And today I am so stoked because today we're talking about Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. It definitely has been for me more than once, several, several times. And it's been the happiest place on earth for you many different times, right, Natalia? Yes. Being someone who has grown up in the Southern California area, I've gotten to visit Disneyland so many times. I've known so many people that have worked at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely a really special place for me. But, of course, with it being pandemic times, it's important for us to acknowledge that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected the Disney parks a lot and especially has affected people who have worked at the Disney parks. And actually, on the day that we recorded the Disneyland episode, an hour after we finished recording, it was announced that Disney would actually lay off 28,000 employees at Disneyland and at Disney World in Florida. And we just want to thank all of the Disneyland cast members and Disney World cast members who have created so many magical experiences for all of the people who have visited over the years. Definitely. And Disney parks, they're, they're a show. They consider themselves a show. And so everyone who works there, from the ride operators to people in the offices to people cooking the food, they're all part of that show. And they call them cast members. Mm-hmm. They create this perfect show. They create magic for everyone who visits. And we just want to thank all of them for all the wonderful work that they've done over the years and especially anyone who's affected by the layoffs Mm -hmm. we just want you to know how much we appreciate all of your work and we wish you the best in this really difficult time and we want to encourage anyone who is considering hiring someone who is a Disney cast member uh, we want to encourage you to hire them because they are the best of the best they have so much skill, so much passion, and they deserve to be rewarded for all of the work that they've done. Absolutely. Some of the hardest working, most dedicated people I've ever known have been cast members. They really do put mm-hmm. their heart and soul into making sure that everyone who visits Disneyland or Disney World has a magical, memorable experience, whether you're a pass holder or visiting for one day, one time. I, my heart, our hearts are with all of these people suffering their job losses or whatever they might be going through within the pandemic. We're definitely Mm -hmm. thinking of you and we thank you for everything you've done for us and for everyone, for all the billions of people who have visited these parks and you've made a memorable moment in their life. So we have a great show for you today. I sound like I'm on SNL. Uh, we're, 
<laughs> We're doing our Disneyland episode today, and we talked so much about so many things that we decided to make this a two-parter. So, two-parter. Uh, we gotta warn you, we don't even get the ride to the rides till like part two. <laughs> so, <laughs> bear with us. There's lots more to Disneyland than the rides. We go over so many topics, everything from Dole Whip to um, ADA standards at Disneyland to all, all kinds of craziness. We're going to talk about Disney all kinds bounding. of things. Disney bounding, yes. hacks, all kinds oh, of yeah. things. Hacks, tips, tricks. We definitely have a lot of info for you, which is why we split it up to two digestible episodes. So Yes, so... Have a good time digesting some Disney. <laughs> We're going to talk about Disneyland. <laughs> the happiest place on earth. Indeed, it is marketed as so. And it has been for me a lot throughout my childhood. For having grown up, you know, a thousand miles away from Disneyland, I my family, like, that's where we vacationed. Like, every single year when we spring break... My parents were teachers. We went down to Disneyland and it was great because mm-hmm. um, that it wasn't California spring break. So it was always really empty. Mm-hmm. So I got a very idyllic oh. experience of Disneyland growing up. Oh, so you got you got off season Disneyland. I, I did. Like that. It was great. And then when it would get busy, we would kind of be like, what is this? What is going on? But lately, mm-hmm. more recently in the past four years since I've moved here, it has just finding a day of Disneyland that seems like a good old mid-90s, you know, (laughs) open space area is very few and far between. I think I've only experienced one day since moving down here where it's been like that. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. um, And my experience with Disneyland is uh, I actually grew up close enough to Disneyland that I could see the fireworks most nights from my house. That's so amazing. (laughs) I'm so jealous of that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Sarah Palin saw Russia from her house. I got to see Disneyland fireworks. (laughs) Same, same, same thing. Same, same. But um, I actually was an annual pass holder as a high schooler. But I I will admit, I'm not as avid a a Disneyland uh, park goer as you are, Kelsey. I haven't been (laughs) since February 2016. Yeah, and so much has changed since then. Oh, yeah. Um, so so much i i mean i am your classic been obsessed with disney disney movies uh disneyland specifically since i was really young and i think the first time i went i was four years old when i went um Mm. so that was still still barely the 80s and um it yeah, it was just as magical as I thought. I got to bring home a stuffed Bambi and then... Um, mm, Bambi. Yeah, no. Um, and as I got older, um, it just became more and more exciting because I discovered the bigger rides. Actually, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of have a funny story. Um, so my, we, we did a road trip down from like the Portland area all the way down to Los Angeles and did little things on the way. And my brother was about six because I was four. And um, mm-hmm. we... Uh, we get to Disneyland. We're finally there. It's been hyped up to us all this time. We're going to see all our favorite characters. And my parents decide that the very first thing they want to um, have me ride is the Matterhorn. (laughs) Which, if you're not familiar with the Matterhorn, it's the uh, mountain 
um, like bobsled ride that goes through the mountain. It's one of the older rides there. And the reason why my mom was like, yeah, we should go on that because that was the only ride she rode at Disneyland when she was a teenager and she went on a choir trip. And like, that was Mm -hmm. back when you had to buy tickets for each attraction and all her friends wanted to go on that. Vintage experience. Vintage Disney. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. um, she was like, yeah, I remember loving this, but I'm four years old, and now I'm being careened through a mountain where the abominable (laughs) snowman is screaming at me. So I was, like, thoroughly traumatized. My very first Disneyland experience was very very traumatizing. And my parents were like, what were we thinking? Why did we think that was going to be a good (laughs) idea? So I mean, most kids, it's like Dumbo was their first ride, isn't it? (laughs) Right. No, and they they said immediately they took me to It's a Small World. They said that the reason why they were so afraid for me is that I didn't, like, scream on the ride. I didn't, like... Mm -hmm. get like super scared I just went quiet like the trauma went Mm -hmm. so deep that I was just kind of like no I mean that's that's not I mean it wasn't that traumatic but I mean for a four-year-old like not understanding Mm -hmm. what this experience is supposed to be yeah it was pretty pretty intense so they immediately took me to it's a small world and you know and I I clearly forgot about it like there's home videos of me running around with Mm -hmm. my Bambi and like all is well yeah and And you were on your way to becoming a a a massive Disneyland fan. Indeed. And I think um, to connect it to Los Angeles, since this is a podcast about Los Angeles and Angelinos, um, it's it's helpful for people to know like what it's like to experience being an Angelino where you're you're easy driving distance to Disneyland and you can easily have an annual passport and make good use of it but actually to either get your money's worth or your experience's worth or whatever it is you know you are wanting to get out of Disneyland or just even being surrounded by Disney fans in Los Angeles mm-hmm. as well you know I think it's it's important to address and both we just love talking about Disneyland we wanted something fun and yeah. happy to talk about while the world continues to be pretty glum so this is a good way to Lift our spirits, hopefully lift your spirits a little bit too, but also be realistic about it. So we'll we'll discuss some some tips, tricks, facts, opinions about Disneyland, <laughs> and uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. Yes, indeed. So you you have you only been an annual uh, pass holder just that time when you were in high school? Uh, I believe I had an annual pass as a very young child. Okay. I think for one year when I think I was about six, mm-hmm. six years old. Aww. And then again, when I was a high schooler. And uh, those were very, very different experiences, well, yeah. of course. Yeah. But I, I'm i not sure how many times I've been to Disneyland, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of times, but not as much in the last uh, 10 years. Yeah. I think in the last 10 years, I've only been three times. Oh, Wow. That hurts my heart a little bit. <laughs> that blows your mind, Kelsey? <laughs> it doesn't necessarily blow my mind. I get it. It's so expensive. I have friends who mm. who love Disney, like, maybe not just as much as me, but who only pay to go, like, once a year just because it... Mm. I mean, they've decided financially that's just what makes the most sense to them. So that's that's uh, something that you have to calculate as an annual pass holder. And it makes a big difference, too, if you have other friends who are also pass holders and what Mm -hmm. their schedules are like. Um, I got a pass. uh, 
I think about eight months after we moved here. And Leo knew. I mean, mm-hmm. like, Leo knew what he was marrying. <laughs> oh. I married into you Star better, Wars. You better. <laughs> <laughs> he married into Disney. Um, which you, he loved Disney too, but just not not to mm-hmm. the fanatic levels that I I am. Um, so we, I was like, as soon as we can afford it, like this is this has been my dream my entire life to live close enough to Disneyland to basically drive there and go there anytime mm-hmm. I want or am available to. There are definitely most of the passes have significant blackout dates. So, but mm-hmm. but generally, how I look at it is, you wouldn't want to go during those blackout dates because that's the busiest days. So yeah. You're guaranteeing yourself to be surrounded by a crowd of people. And we'll have to see, because at this time, at, at the time of recording, Disneyland still is closed due to the pandemic. So we'll have to mm-hmm. see. They might have to change their um, their capacity and what it was before. Mm. I can definitely imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Which seems kind of nice in a way, but then that just means it's going to be even harder to like get in. People are going to show up earlier. We'll see. We don't mm. know anything yet, so we'll just have to see what happens. But um, we don't know. We don't the future. know. Things change every day, every week. So, but there are perks to being a Southern California resident and getting a pass because there are spe- there are mm-hmm. special Southern California passes. Um, the only one they're offering right now is the or well, when they do offer them was the Southern California mm-hmm. Select, which is barely a pass. <laughs> like there are no weekends yeah. there. It's like. Basically, you can kind of go in the winter time, in the middle of the mm-hmm. week, like sometimes, and that's uh, that runs you like even that alone is like four hundred dollars. But if you plan on going to mm-hmm. Disneyland and you know it's going to be, you know, on these off days, like I had actor friends who had this pass, so they're like, you mm-hmm. know, our schedules are like we tend to have weekends. Um, busy anyway because we're working like catering mm-hmm. jobs or whatever and then the the weekdays we could just go and have breakfast at Disneyland and hang <laughs> around and um, I, I don't know if this was something because I mean you lived here so it wasn't necessarily the same kind of um, experience when you go to Disneyland but mm-hmm. uh, when you have a vacation um, and you're traveling from a far away place you're kind of trying to cram in everything you can so you don't really have time yeah to slow down and just like experience Disneyland, like just sit on a bench mm-hmm. and just watch people walk by, which is what being a pass holder is a really big advantage of. And that's really fun mm-hmm. to me. It's one of my favorite things to do is just people watch and see little kids walking in for the first time with their little uh, my first visit buttons and dressed up as mm-hmm. a princess. Like yeah. it's just so heartwarming. And I super enjoyed those like quiet moments at Disneyland where you could just kind of watch other people too. Um yeah. But I don't know if that's something now, that you've ever engaged in or what what your what's your Disneyland plan of attack when you usually went? When I went to Disneyland, I usually would prioritize going on what my favorite rides were. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people when it's rope drop, they just make a dash for yeah. Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Matterhorn, all those all those really, really popular big kid rides. Mm-hmm. But uh I feel like in my more recent visits, I've I've a uh, I've gone with a friend who who was an annual pass holder. She recently moved, and 
basically it was whatever she wanted <laughs> and she a lot of a lot of people i've met who are annual pass holders you know they they know exactly how they like to do D- disneyland mm-hmm. and she would just keep us on a very strict schedule of <laughs> we're going to go get this fast pass then we get this fast pass right. and we are going to we're going to follow the uh the whole circle around disneyland because you know how disneyland is set up like a clock she's like we're gonna start in adventure land and then we're gonna make our way around the circle people have their own preferences i often would argue let's start in Tomorrowland because everyone else is gonna start in adventure land yeah and it just depends you know everybody has their their opinions and their ways of going about it i think Mm -hmm. um at first um it was almost kind of like choice by blindness when I got it because it's like oh my gosh I get to come Mm -hmm. back like all these different days when I have this pass and I can just kind of do what I want like there's a lot of things that I just never even discovered or knew about and um Mm -hmm. like there's a little tiny um door and I can't remember the character's name for it but hidden in the line to Indiana Jones there's a little tiny Mm -hmm. stoop and a doorstep and it's like there's some history of a little character that lives in the tree there almost like a fairy door and um oh yes so many little details all the hidden mm -hmm. mickeys like I I feel like a thing a lot of people don't realize about Disneyland is there is way too much stuff for you to experience everything in a single visit don't even think that you're going to experience everything you're not going to be able to. You're not even going to be able to experience like a tiny fraction of it. So yeah. a lot of the people who who try to actually experience everything are the annual pass holders. It's true. And um, I one thing that I found was really helpful, Leo actually found this, uh, it must have been about like 10 years ago when our friends were getting married and we were visiting the area. Um, he mm-hmm. found a website called ridemax.com mm-hmm. and it's a really, really good way to schedule the big things that you want to do. And like they, they've done all these algorithms to figure out like what's going to be busiest at what time of day. And they, Disney has kind of offered their own thing. They have something called the Max Pass now, which basically mm-hmm. you pay a little bit extra. I believe it's $20 a day. Or it's like $160 to add it to your annual pass. And what Uh that does is it gives you like fast passes through an app. So you don't even have to be, you don't have to walk all the way to the ride, scan your pass, Mm -hmm. and then get a a fast pass ticket to come. Basically, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of like it gives you a separate line where you almost get to cut the standby line, Mm -hmm. but you only can come back during a certain uh, period of time. And sometimes those Mm -hmm. run out throughout the day. So um, the max pass gives you the ability to do that for either Disneyland proper or uh, California Adventure, which is a separate park across the way. Um, if you have like a hopper pass or if you have a passport for both parks, which most people mm-hmm. do, I feel like at this point, like you, it's if you do pick one, it's usually Disneyland. But um, so, and then the Max Pass also gives you access to all of your um, Disney photos. So if you get pictures from a Disneyland photographer mm-hmm. or um, pictures on the ride that you want to keep, that's just included in the $20 a day or the whatever. And we've added it because it just makes it so much easier and simpler, especially yeah. um, like I do get disability accommodation when I go, but mm-hmm. I have not had a super enthusiastic view on Disneyland's uh 
accommodation policy for disabilities. So basically, Mm -hmm. like even one cast member at one point told me they follow exactly what the letter of the law says they have to follow Mm -hmm. and they don't have to make any accommodations otherwise, which is not a super friendly way (laughs) of putting it for someone who has a disability. Particularly, it's an invisible disability. So like if you have... Mm -hmm an assistive device, like if you have a cane or if you're in a wheelchair, um, then Mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're more than willing to help accommodate you. But you do have to go through a process. Usually at Disneyland, you have to go to City Hall and talk to a cast member there Mm -hmm. and explain what your disability is. And you, it's kind of exhausting because um, you, you have to go through the reason why you need you know, separate accommodation in order to um, fully experience the park. And so for me, with my connective tissue disorders and with lupus, I need Mm -hmm. to stay out of the sun and I need to stay shaded as much as possible. And my joints get really sore. And it's it's kind of confusing Mm -hmm. because um, I... Sometimes I need to be walking and standing and sometimes I need to be sitting and it's not necessarily mm-hmm. one or the other, but I, I don't necessarily, yeah. it's just what my body needs at the time. And it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to explain that. And I can even like show people my x-ray and be like, look, my spine is fused. Like, please help me. Yeah. I have lots of pain, but um, they, they have to go through that because they don't want people to take advantage of it, which is understandable. But because Disneyland was built um, in the fifties and, you know, the, uh, American Disability Act didn't come into place until I believe it was like the 80s or the 90s. I should know that. But mm-hmm. it was definitely later. Way later. And um, yeah. so Disney's California Adventure was built in, um, and I think it opened in it ca- 2001. It opened in 2001. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it was, you know, it, it had to be legally to open as a park. They had to uh, honor all the ADA you know, accessibility, but, um, Mm -hmm. so there it's a little easier to navigate, particularly with a wheelchair, but you still have the part where it's like, look, I'm going to be able to ride two rides or go to two events if I have to stand Mm -hmm. in line for hours at a time. Like that's just going to zap all of my energy, take away all my spoons. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I've, I've never had a problem where they haven't um, given me the accommodation. It only lasts for three months. Like, mm-hmm. you can't get, like, a permanent... Like, I mean, like, this is a permanent condition. Like, I'm, it's not... I'm, I'm never yeah. gonna have good joints. Like, it's just not possible with my condition. But um, it's, it's, it's a bit frustrating that I have to go back in every three months. One mm-hmm. tip I will give to other people out there who have disabilities and do have to navigate um, Disneyland in this way... Uh, Typically, the people that you encounter at um, the information desk, so they have little, like, information kind of little stands all over the park, and they'll give you a map Mm -hmm. at City Hall and circle all the ones. Like, this is closest to, you know, Critter Country. This one's closest Mm -hmm. in Tomorrowland. And there are people with plaid vests who will um, help you set up your new uh, ride uh, time, return time. So basically, they make you wait Mm -hmm. the uh, the amount of time that people are standing in line, but that way you can like sit down in the shade and wait that time rather than be standing mm-hmm. in line and hurting yourself over that time. Um, if if you're there and you've previously already, you know, registered um, to have disability accommodation with Disney, um, they will tend to renew it for you. They, can, they have the ability mm-hmm. to do that. So the people at the okay. stands tend to 
make it easier. And I don't know, too, if it's possibly, like, the pressure of people in line behind me asking questions and that kind of thing, too. Mm -hmm. But they tend to be less rigid than the people at City Mm -hmm. Hall or in California Adventure. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but they have their own kind of City Hall area. I think it's Mm -hmm. Chamber of Commerce. It's something like that. Yeah, so that's my tip for that. And they, they... And I would say that Disney overall in general has amazing cast members that are not trying to make your experience harder they're trying to enhance it and they're dealing with cranky people Mm -hmm. all day long but that is something that i have experienced where it's been like well we're only required to do this and they will they'll offer it too for people who have like sensory disorders and need like you know Mm -hmm. they can't be in line or they might be physically violent towards other people if they have to wait for too long like they they make those kind Mm -hmm. of accommodations too but the bottom line is is they're doing it because the law says they have to do it and this is they've kind of presented it as like this is a grace we're giving you as a guest and i have to Mm -hmm. continually be like i will not have the same experience as a guest as everybody Mm -hmm. you know i won't be able to experience all the things that disney has to offer and wants me to experience i would hope as a loyal customer who spends way too much money there (laughs) (laughs) and and disneyland definitely is a lot of money and has continued to be a lot more over the years yeah but they've they've also they've tried to do a lot of things recently to improve the guest experience like i'm sure Mm -hmm. the ada accommodations have improved in more recent years they've started having these apps like the max pass the disneyland app all of those things do you kelsey do you think that these apps that they have now, these apps you can use to reserve fast passes, to order quick service food, to Mm -hmm. make dining reservations, all these things. Do you think they enhance the Disneyland experience? Absolutely. Particularly Mm -hmm. for me as someone who gets exhausted super easily walking really long distance on hard concrete back and forth trying Mm -hmm. to figure things out. Like, I understand why your friend was like, we're going to do the circle because it's so even as like a able-bodied person, my husband is just like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to run back and forth from Tomorrowland to get a fast pass. (laughs) And then the food thing is huge, too, because you can't use disability accommodation to skip the food line, like, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I get that. So, but then I don't have to make my, because it's, it's really hard to be a person with disabilities and feel like you're burdening your friends to be like, I need mm-hmm. this salty food because I'm having a low blood pressure attack. Um, uh-huh. Can you go stand in line for popcorn while I sit here in air conditioning? Mm-hmm. You know, so having the... The ability to order and have everything um, together to be able to look at the menu. Like sometimes you can't even really see the menu until mm-hmm. you're close up, and then you're like, "Oh, I don't really want any of this food," <laughs> you know. So yeah. it's it's a really convenient way to pick it up, especially for Dole Whip. Oh my gosh, it's been mm-hmm. a game changer for Dole Whip, and I need to know your opinion mm-hmm. on Dole Whip. Does it live up to the hype for you, Natalia? Um. To be honest, I in general think most things don't live up to the hype. (laughs) I think I don't get me wrong. I get Dole Whip pretty much every time I go to Disneyland. I think it's delicious. I recommend ordering it from the backside of the of the tiki room stand of the tiki room stand because the line's usually shorter. I don't think it's as good as everyone thinks it is. I think it's good, but I don't think it's like the greatest thing in the world that everyone seems to think. What do you think? <laughs> I, I do. I'm I'm a hundred percent wrapped up in the hype. And I'll tell you why, because it's not just mm-hmm. because like, oh my God, it's so I've been lactose intolerant since I was about 10 years old. 
So Mm -hmm. my love for Dole Whip goes all the way back to 1994 when we found Mm -hmm. out that it was uh, milk-free, lactose-free, and Mm dairy-free. So uh, my dad, who also has a milk allergy, he... He could have it and I could have it. And it was like having, it was the first time I ever had ice cream or soft serve that tasted like it had milk in it, but it absolutely didn't. Mm -hmm. So that was when I got super hooked. And um, yeah, it it wasn't, it wasn't the sensationalized thing that it is now, but it became Mm -hmm. such a thing for us to look forward to because the only other places you could get it at that time was either like that I could had ever seen or found was in Hawaii, like in their international mm-hmm. marketplace in Honolulu. I knew you could get it there. And then Disneyland, there was mm-hmm. the only two places. So it was like, can't wait to get some Dole Whip, you know, and we've, we've talked about yeah. how I love ice cream. So um, what, and so you haven't been since 2016. So they've opened yeah. up this area behind um, the Tiki Room that was like Aladdin's Experience yeah. Restaurant. So they've completely yeah. redone that. And now that is just a Dole Whip place so they have Mm -hmm. like several different flavors they have um they have little foods and snacks you can get i don't think i've gotten their food there before i've just gone for the dole whip but you can get like i can't remember it's it's not mango but they have a raspberry and they have pineapple and they have orange Mm -hmm. that's what it is and you can get them swirled yeah you can get them on your own i watched a video about it (laughs) about this place actually yesterday when i was when i was watching all these videos on (laughs) what's changed at disneyland Besides Star Wars Land, um, it's my favorite new addition Disneyland has made because that was such I, a wasted I think space. It's great. And it's uh-huh. all these places you can sit and, ch- and not pe- not many people know about it yet. I think it only opened mm-hmm. up last year. And it's right next to um, the the Jungle Cruise area. So you can just sit there mm-hmm. eating your Dole Whip and there's just the water every now and then a boat goes by. There's little birds from the Tiki Room that kind of mm-hmm. chat with you off and on. And it's just a nice, relaxing very off the beaten path because there's a lot of um, bottlenecking that happens in Adventureland. So they've made mm-hmm. some improvements there. It's not quite as tight as it that's used great. to be. But um, yeah, so that that little that's a nice little oasis that I'm sure will mm-hmm. be overrun with people soon enough as soon as we're <laughs> allowed back in. But I love it. Yes. I think it's great. Did you so that when you good. went, did you eat much of the food? Did you like did you have certain treats that you really enjoyed um, that you like had to get when you were at Disneyland? No. 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 Yeah. I, I like, gone for the free samples at the places that haven't been California <laughs> Adventure. But, no, I'm not a Disneyland foodie. So many people yeah. are. and They really are. A lot of people really buy into that Disneyland foodie culture. But, All no, I've just, treats. I've gotten a couple standard things. I mean, when I grew up, when I would go there, we brought lunch. Yeah. Yeah, we, my family, even when we would visit, we would go, we would, like, make one trip to a grocery store and, like, just have sandwiches and stuff that we would bring, too. Mm-hmm. Or we would get the really cheap food because, you know, that's what my parents could afford, you know? That's just mm-hmm. what we ha- were able to do. Um, but there are some, my friend who is a, like, Disney foodie has gotten me more mm-hmm. into some of the seasonal things. So there's certain things when it comes around I do get excited for now. Like, mm-hmm. there, I'm not, I'm not a pie person, but there's this, yeah. um, funnel cake with, like, 
um, apple, like almost kind of like an apple crumble or something mm-hmm. um, that comes in the fall. And I didn't think I would like it because I don't really like fruit desserts. I like chocolatey mm-hmm. desserts. And it's amazing. And I was mm. really, it's at the, the one place, I didn't even know you could get fish and chips at Disneyland until somebody visited and they're like, oh yeah, we'll just get them at the stage door cafe. I was like, why haven't I been getting this here? And then there's lobster mm. rolls um, at a little restaurant by um, Splash Mountain and kind of in between Splash Mountain and Haunted Mansion that's really mm-hmm. yummy that, you know, I wouldn't think about before. There's certain... Oh, and like at the Star Wars land, they have, you know, Star Wars kind of themed food. And one of the... It sounds really weird, but it's a blueberry flavored um, cornbread that looks like um have you seen the newer star wars movies Uh, yeah i have like the force awakens um yeah so when ray gets her portion or whatever like and then Mm -hmm. she like adds water and it kind of it looks like that like it doesn't actually bubble up or anything like that so it seems like it'd be Mm -hmm. weird but it's really delicious and then there's a little dessert chocolatey Mm. galaxy kind of dessert there that's really yummy so i mean there's if, if you have the ability, just do it. But, you know, if not, like, you can totally enjoy Disneyland on bringing your own snacks. And they don't have a problem with you doing that. You just can't bring in, like, mm-hmm. giant picnic coolers. It has to be, like, yeah. kind of small. <laughs> you know, one thing uh, that's changed at Disneyland a lot uh, during my lifetime so, so much. I don't know if you've realized this as much, Kelsey. Hmm is there is alcohol there now. Yeah. Which blows my mind. It's pretty nuts. Because for the longest time, the only place in Disneyland that had alcohol was Club 33. Yep. Exclusive, very expensive, super long list club that like celebrities go to. And that was the and only place I've you I've been could. to it. Have you really? Oh, I'm so jealous. Yes. I've never told you about how I've been to Club 33. No. Uh. <laughs> seriously we've never talked about no this? how did you get in did you know someone yeah i did so the last time i went to disneyland actually really in february 2016 um i went with my friend who's an annual pass holder we went with a friend of hers mm-hmm. and this guy just randomly his cousin is a member of club 33 wow. And his cousin just happened to be going to Disneyland that day and was like, you guys want to (gasps) come? My heart. My heart. Uh, Yeah. There's someone. It's not that cool. No, I know. know. But it's, it's, (laughs) and I know that it's, it it can't be as magical as it's like, you know, the rest of the park can be. But the fact that it's so exclusive and I've known about Mm -hmm. it. Like my brother and my brother and I would check out books from the library about Disneyland and read about the history mm-hmm. and we learned about Club 33 and how there was a microphone hidden in the chandelier so Walt could overhear celebrity conversations and you know it's just it's it's just part of the experience that's so exclusive that one mm-hmm. day I will I'm sure you know I'll meet somebody I know one of my good friends uh Kristen just got in for the first time and she went nuts over it too mm-hmm. um but one day, one day I will be there. I did take a picture next to the Club 33 sign um, that mm-hmm. on my 33rd birthday. So I could be oh, like, that's Club really 33. Cool. I like that. And some people were like, oh my gosh, how'd you get in? I was like, I, I just was born. That's how. <laughs> so. 
Wah, wah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I've been to the I've been to the equivalent in California Adventure too. I don't even remember what it's called. Oh, is it the Kathari Circle? Kathari, I can't pronounce that. No, that one. That one, I think. No, that's not it. Anyone can go into. Yeah, there's there's that's an expensive. equivalent in California Adventure, and he took us there too. Oh, that really? Day. That's cool. I didn't even yeah. know that. See, you know more than me. Um, I I don't know about that, but I, that's one of, one of my little claims to fame. I've been to Club Thirty Three. That's really fun. I think they still they still have the dress code and everything too. I'm pretty sure. Um, um, I went in dressed in a Disney bound of Wendy from Peter Pan. Oh, that's adorable. I was not that dressed up. No, but you were. We should probably we should probably mention what Disney bounding yes, is. Yes, Disney bounding is a thing, and it's pretty darn fun. Basically, all it is is so there's a policy at Disneyland that if you don't work there, you can't wear costumes. And so, what Disney bounding is is you wear everyday clothes. But the color scheme and or style matches a Disney character. And it's it's supposed to be that like if you're really eagle eyed, you can tell that someone's Disney bounding. But it's not supposed to be so obvious that you're in a costume that someone will ask you for autographs instead of Cinderella. Right. They don't want children to get confused, which totally makes sense. You know, you don't want Mm -hmm. some person attending who could potentially be a creeper and be like come children i'm princess cinderella you know i don't know why Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's kind of gives hints or homage to a character i fully intend to do a mickey disney bound i haven't had a chance to do it yet but i Mm -hmm. got these really adorable red uh sailor shorts from hot topic that have the buttons up the front so i just need to get like yeah i know the one yeah yellow toms and like just wear like have the ears Mm -hmm. and a black tank top and you know so it's just kind of it you're not trying to mimic the character but you're just like you know regular person disney clothes (laughs) Mm -hmm. like uh like a good example is you're in a a purple tank top with uh green pants or green shorts Mm -hmm. and you have like a red bow on your head bam you're ariel exactly like that kind of thing yeah or you know there's there's even things like people get like mermaid leggings you know Mm -hmm. like the like kind of green shiny fish scales which is really fun too and it can be super Mm -hmm. cute um I haven't done it as much as I would like. I tend to just wear what's comfortable because usually it's an all-day affair. Mm-hmm. But I've always really wanted to go to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party where you can fully mm-hmm. dress up in costume. That's the only time you can as an adult is if you go to the party, but that's an extra cost. Um, mm-hmm. But I've heard it's super fun. My niece and yeah, I've heard it's has fun gone. Too. And, I've never been. Yeah, but it's because yeah, it's more money, which we're already spending a lot at Disney. Yeah. So I think we should talk about the cost yeah. of a day at Disneyland. Totally. Let's just let's just throw out some of the things that cost money. Totally. Because I mean, first off, you got your ticket. Yep. You got your your either your day pass, your park hopper, or your annual pass. Mm-hmm. Do you have those amounts, Kelsey? I, so I have some of them uh, in front of me. I'm looking at a website called mousehacking.com. It's a Disneyland. Mm-hmm blog. I think it's kind of a Disney Parks blog, but they have really good mm-hmm. information. If you look up um, Disneyland annual pass prices, discounts, is it worth it? And it's from March 20th, 2020. So mm-hmm. um, they talk about like, you, you kind of have to break down how much is worth it. And it can't just be like, well, you know, this is the cost of a park hopper pass on any average day at Disneyland and times 
four, if I go four times this year, then I've paid for it or however you do the math. Like you Mm -hmm. have to also take in mind like parking, because as far as I know right now, Mm -hmm. parking is $25. Like the cheapest Mm -hmm. parking at Disneyland is $25 per car. Um, If you're in Mm -hmm. like an RV or something bigger, then it's more. And you can pay for like Mm -hmm. deluxe parking that's like closer to the trams. And just so people know, if you haven't been to Disneyland in a long time, Parking is not next to the park. Like, you can't... Oh, no. Yeah, it's really far away. And not really far away, but, like, a good, like, 15, 20-minute walk. Um, But you can't mm-hmm. park and then walk. You have to take the tram. They've cut everything off. So you can't, like, just exit that area. Because a lot of people mm-hmm. would park somewhere else and then walk and take the tram. And they wanted mm-hmm. to, like, keep that more secure. Um, I highly recommend that you carpool with people. And um, mm-hmm. if you're a Los Angeles resident like I am with an annual pass, it I, I was right on the edge of upgrading to a uh, parking, um, but we had to do the math as far as the discount on food and on merchandise and what I planned on mm-hmm. paying. Mostly we're spending money on food because we're just kind of there all day. Sometimes we pack our own stuff mm-hmm. and we'll rent a locker for like 7 to $15 and just keep a cooler mm-hmm. there, which is nice. So you can save money doing that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it's a special occasion, if it's my birthday, we'll want to go somewhere um, and have a sit down meal. Um, mm-hmm. You the like the higher level passes up, you can get 15 percent off of food. And as long as you're using your annual pass and your um, card matches the name, they might even check your ID. You can just pay mm-hmm. for the whole meal, you know, if you can do that and then have your friends pay you back mm-hmm. via Venmo or whatever you use. Yeah. So you can save a lot of money that way. But. When it gets down to it, like as a Los Angeles resident that has to plan a day to go down to Disneyland, because during Mm -hmm. average times, it's maybe like a, I'd say it averages an hour to an hour and a half drive from where I live Mm -hmm. in the San Fernando Valley down to Anaheim. And Mm -hmm. um, it's not close. No, it's really not close. It is not in Los Angeles. No, it's not. It's really not. So um, it's, I think, 45, maybe 50 miles which, mm-hmm. like, we've left super late at night during the summertime when, like, we stay all the way till midnight, like, on those rare times mm-hmm. that they're open that late. And um, went to, like, in and out with friends and then drove home. And at that time mm-hmm. at night, we could get home in 45 minutes, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, generally plan on an hour, hour and a half, maybe even two if you're not watching traffic carefully. Um, so... Mm-hmm. You have to keep that in mind as far as the gas to do that. And um, when we did the math and we averaged out how much we would spend um, each trip at Disney, which we would have to plan like $100 on food, which, you know, that's a lot. For a day? For a day. Yeah. Uh Um, So if if we're we're in a... Like when we first started going, we would just eat really, really crappy, cheap, the cheapest food you could find. But they and it's not necessarily crappy, but it's just not good for you. Like we would get Mm -hmm. corn dogs. Yeah. And that would be lunch. And then we would Dole Whip would be a treat. And then um, Mm -hmm. for dinner, we would have um, I'm trying to think of what. Oh, like uh, Bengal barbecue over by the Tiki Mm -hmm. Room has some really good protein stuff. That's pretty. It's all really small. You're burning a lot of calories walking around. But if you want to go to a nicer place, actually, I kind of like the food at California Adventure a little bit better. Like Disneyland. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah, that's um, what a lot of people say. It's more of a foodie park. For a sit down dining experience. Absolutely. California Adventure, I think. Mm Because it's not so crammed. It's a lot bigger, more open. 
the wine trattoria has a lot of really good food. They have an amazing lamb dish mm-hmm. there with polenta. That's just, I get it every time we go there. Um, and then my mm-hmm. favorite, which is just, if you're splurging, like I've gone here on my birthday and then I took my mom at Christmas time, which was really fun. Um, the mm-hmm. In the, the California Adventure Hotel, uh, there is a uh, buffet. I'm trying to uh-huh. remember. Oh, the Storyteller's Cafe. That's what it's called. And mm-hmm. it has amazing food. Like it's the nicest buffet mm-hmm. I think I've ever eaten at. And Better than Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. It was super, <laughs> super. Well, I mean, and I didn't really do a lot of Vegas buffets, but in my experience, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And you you pay a little extra if you do the breakfast one, because then there it's like a character breakfast. They come around and they'll mm-hmm. take pictures with you and stuff. But then you get the little Mickey waffles and all the baking mm-hmm. you could ever want. The dinner time one is nice because there's fewer kids there. So if you're childless, mm-hmm. if you're childless millennials like we are, <laughs> quieter mm-hmm. um, time there. And uh, they have like, oh my gosh, they have the most amazing uh, pork belly. Like they have a carving station and all these really good mm-hmm. salads and all these good desserts, like little tiny cups of little... Uh, anyway, sorry, I could go on and on about it. Why did we do this when I I'm hungry? I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened with the food episode. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm salivating a little bit already, but... Oh, dear. So, yeah, if, if you're... If you really are looking for some, like, good quality food um, and it's not necessary, you don't have to have, like, this is a Disneyland experience, you know, then I recommend mm-hmm. that. Blue Bayou is also great, too, which is, like, kind of the, mm. it's um, it's next to the Pirates in the Caribbean. And I've eaten there twice, once with my family and then once with Leo. And I completely, mm-hmm. like, and that was when we were super poor and still in college and, like, quote unquote, won a trip <laughs> by going to a timeshare meeting. And once we were there, oh, I know this. <laughs> we were we were like 22. We have no idea how Leo got on their call list. But they looked at us and they're like, do you guys live together? Like, no, but we live next door to each other. Anyway, it's not a good time for us to purchase a timeshare. Can we have our plane <laughs> tickets now? <laughs> but um, yeah, we went there then and I totally overdrafted on my <laughs> debit card. But it was like, I have to do this with Leo. Um, so mm-hmm. th- they're all things you should experience once. But if you're just really like you're a pass holder, you just want some good food and you just want to sit and relax, like California Adventure is the way to go mm-hmm. as far as food goes. But yeah, so you have to, when you're looking at cost, you have to account all of that. Um, so I was saying $100 for like Leo and me. Um, for mm-hmm. like a single person, it could be less for, you know, depending on your taste, it could be more. A family of four. Oh my so gosh. Much it's gotta be so much more money. I, I really don't understand how the average family of four affords Disneyland anymore. I don't now. Like my family, you know, my parents mm-hmm. were teachers, so they didn't make a ton of money, but we were able to afford to go. We went through travel agents. Like they got us mm-hmm. deals, you know, um, all through my childhood and we I think we mostly stayed at we either stayed at like the residence inn and we would walk over Mm -hmm. and you know we never stayed at the hotels it's it's been my dream to stay at like the Disneyland hotel sometime it's so expensive though and I I know I get depressed when I look at how much they are yeah we've even thought like you know doing it just one night for my birthday and even then I was like I can't justify it and it's if you have the time, I, I do highly recommend walking over and wandering through the Disneyland Hotel 
because that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, you can't like have access to the pool or anything, but they have a little, um, they have Trader Sam's, which is a tiki bar. I've been there. I, I've <laughs> been in there too, but I, I haven't had a drink there, but it's really cute. Mm. And the like uh, monsoon will come over and like the lights will change mm. and like flash like lightning. And it's, so that's another place that's not technically in Disneyland where you can have alcohol, mm-hmm. but um Gosh, I feel like I just keep jumping all over the place and I haven't really gotten down to the actual <laughs> cost. But basically, well, I can say what Leo and I have been spending like per mm-hmm. year at Disneyland. If we do, I'd say that we I average a little more trips than him because he works Monday through Friday and I would have random mm-hmm. days off depending on what my acting you know, career, like when I have gigs and when I don't mm-hmm. have gigs. And I would meet a friend who also... Uh, works from home and can take time off and she and I would meet up Uh there Kristen actually I mentioned her already Kristen and I would go during the week when it was like less people there um and it would be Mm -hmm. um a lot of fun but I'd say we'd average between the two of us Leo and I we'd get we do maybe like I'd say 12 visits a year like probably more like eight for him So, like, once a month, on average, we would mm-hmm. go see our Orange County friends, and we'd all go together as a group. Mm-hmm. And um, we were paying for our passes. We added the max pass, which was $125 mm-hmm. to add. So, we had the deluxe passport. So, that one has a lot of blackouts mm-hmm. during holidays. So, like, when my mom comes and visits during Christmas, she had to come a couple days early so I could take her during Christmas time this mm-hmm. past Christmas. Um And then it, um, there was 10% off of dining and merchandise, but no parking is included in that. So we did the math Mm. and it was still cheaper for us to do this than to go up to the next level that includes parking. Um, because when we did that math, I would have, we'd break even at 17 visits and I'm like, I love Disneyland. Mm. I could spend several days in a row there, you know, every month, but it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't yeah. do that. I live too far away, um, even in Los Angeles. Yeah. So and that pass, the deluxe mm-hmm. pass was um, as of 2020 in March was eight hundred and twenty nine dollars a year. And then adding one hundred and twenty five dollars mm-hmm. on top of that. So now like Leo and I were spending two thousand just on passes, not including parking. And then when mm-hmm. you include an average of $100 each visit, you know, that's another, like, $1,200. So, I mean, like, Disneyland was getting... And I would buy Christmas presents for people there to ship them home to my niece and nephew. Mm -hmm. You know, um, even with the 10% discount, basically, I just say, well, this just means it's tax-free. Like, because tax is about 10%. Yeah. Um, So, you know, Mm -hmm. like, that's a lot of money to commit. Like, $3,000-ish a year. But we love it enough that... It was worth it. If you are not in that uh, category of being able to spend that much money on Disneyland or you really just want to go one day just to check it out, a uh, regular day with no park hopper at Disneyland, which means you would only, you'd have to pick either Disneyland or California Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, as of March 2020, it was $129 um, with a park hopper, so you could go back and forth between um, California Adventure and Disneyland is $179. Ah. And then, yeah, it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's, a lot. it's a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's like, you know, if, I mean, that would be a pretty cheap car payment, I guess, for like Angelino people who mm-hmm. get expensive cars. But, 
yeah, that, I mean, you really do have to consider if you want to do that one day. Sometimes mm-hmm. they do have promotions. Like when I was a pass holder and they had some friends who were kind of trying to decide if they wanted to be a pass holder again or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think last summer there was a promotion where I could bring um, a non-pass holder person for like $150 per person. So you're saving mm-hmm. some money, but it's still not much. Whenever yeah. they did have promotions, which who knows what it'll be like in the future yeah. because Disney is trying to regain a lot of money mm-hmm. from this pandemic. Um but that's just like a one day deal. That doesn't include the max pass. That would be an extra twenty dollars mm-hmm. on top of that. So you have to consider that. Have to budget in food, like mm-hmm. we've talked about. Um, but it was that so knowing everything you know about Disneyland, Natalia, would that be worth it for you to do that right now? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> I I would not pay that amount to go to Disneyland in a mask, I'll tell you that. Because um Yeah. My my boyfriend and I have said we would love to go to Disneyland, but we're not going until like pandemic is over. No more masks. Right, right. We can frolic right. amongst the amongst the public with no fear. But um Totally. I would definitely prefer a discount. Actually, I think I think every time I've gone to Disneyland in the last like twelve years, I had a discount of some sort. Right. And if you are lucky enough to know a cast member, sometimes they can sign you in, but you have to be real good friends with them because yeah. they get a limited amount. I think it's like seven a year or something like that. Yeah. So usually they're saving that for family that's visiting. Mm-hmm. And also I should specify that the $129 that I quoted with like no park hopper, that's on a regular day. That's not on a peak day. So uh. if you're going on a peak day, which means... Literally any day in the summertime, like I know our peak days, like my, our passes were not, like we had blackout days all, like the entire month of July, I believe maybe the last week in August that Mm -hmm. we got, but like anytime summer vacation is happening is going to be considered a peak day. Any holiday Mm -hmm. times, that includes like Labor Day. Like I'm not talking just Thanksgiving or Christmas. So basically when, whenever people are available, it's a blackout day. Yes. If you follow, (laughs) if you follow like a regular school schedule. Like, that's going to be, like, blackout days is anytime kids are off of work or kids are off of school mm-hmm. and parents are off of work maybe with their kids. So on a peak day, it's $149. Mm-hmm. And then a park hopper is $199. And this does not include tax. Does not include max pass. Yowza. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's a lot. And then, again, you have to account for food and whatever else you're doing mm-hmm. around the park. But, I mean, at least you're not paying per attraction you know i don't know, I know. that that really exists anymore not like, a, not in, anymore like, at, fair. at most theme parks but yeah you you would not want to pay that these days no things do get a little cheaper if you are actually taking a vacation or you want a two or a three or a four day or a five mm-hmm. day pass like a two day pass is 225 with no park hopper and then 280 so like you do quote unquote save money per day Mm -hmm. and the more days that you're there uh three day was three hundred dollars uh no park hopper 355 with a park hopper Mm -hmm. four day 325 with no park hopper 380 with a park hopper Mm -hmm. five day was 340 and then 395 with a park hopper and then i think there isn't any more discount per day after that 
nobody knows exactly what the pricing is going to be after the park reopens and passes and you know all of that is going to be different but this is what it was as of march 2020 Mm -hmm. so but i know that um every time i've called uh disneyland customer service and talked to a cast member they've always been very very helpful and very friendly and definitely and the the hold music is all Disney songs. So if you're <laughs> if you're a Disney person like me, you just don't even mind being on hold. Mm-hmm. You just sing along with whoever is rocking the tune. That's God, I'm fun. a dork. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, why be normal when abnormal has more letters? <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> You've never heard that. I used to have a friend who had a t-shirt that said that. (laughs) Abnormal has more letters. Is that supposed to be like referring to like a letterman jacket? I don't think so. It's there's more more letters in the word. More letters are better, I guess. I guess I'm analyzing it way too much. Yeah, I guess by that (laughs) definition, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious should be like the best word ever. Why be normal when you could be supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? <laughs> it has more that's letters. What, that's our new shirt. <laughs> I guess so. Noah would buy it. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Angelinos in Training. Just like you can't spend a single day at Disneyland, we could not do a single episode on Disneyland. <laughs> too much to talk about, especially when you have Kelsey. <laughs> it's knows true. Lots and lots of things about Disneyland. Oh man! So we'll we'll do another episode. We'll talk about our favorite rides, tips, tricks, yes. and hacks, all yes. those sorts of things. So stay tuned for some more uh, podcast content about Disneyland. Just a reminder, the content of this podcast is based on our own opinions and personal experiences and may not reflect the opinions and experiences of all Angelinos. Music by Leo Jackson. Artwork by Trevor D. Richardson. Additional research by Natalia Raymond. And edited by me, Kelsey Ryder. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Angelinos in Training and on Twitter at Angelinos Pod. Want us to cover a specific topic about LA? Email us at angelinosintraining at gmail.com. <laughs>